This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast courtesy of the Liverpool Echo as we get set to talk through the big talking points at Anfield ahead of the new season. Coming up, we'll be getting into Liverpool's title defence or fresh assault, depending on your outlook, transfers and that man Thiago. Plus, what should the Reds expect from Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United? And of course, we'll give out some tips to steer clear of ahead of the new season and give our team predictions ahead of the opening night at Anfield. Joining myself, Guy Clark, to get into all of that are our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst, and our chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle. Gorsty, come to you first. How are you keeping? Not bad, not bad. Looking forward to the new season getting on the way. Um, still not going to be the, quite the same, is it, with no fans in there and it looks like that, even that. Sheffield United game that was penciled in is probably going to not be the one now, but um, new season and uh, yeah, looking forward to watching the Reds in action again. Yeah, kicking off the new season without fans doesn't quite seem right. Project restart, you could get your head round it, but uh, yeah, it does seem a bit weird. Doily, I imagine you're a, a bundle of excitement ahead of the new campaign. <laughs> well, the sooner it starts, the sooner it finishes. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> even more so this year, obviously, given that all the games are played in such quick successions. But yeah, a bit strange. I think the novelty value's worn off now. I think uh, people watching the games will be like, oh, you know, it's great, but... It's not what it should be. I think people forget that last season, three quarters of it was played as normal. It was only the end. Whereas this year, there's the, the possibility that nearly all of it will be played with nowhere near full stadiums. But, you know, we'll have to take each each game as it comes, as they say. Yeah, I have to say, personal point of view, I'm really looking forward to the new season starting, albeit the, the last one only, did, only just did finish. But it does seem weird. Gorsty, that we are starting without the fans when we know certainly Anfield, the opening night, it won't be anywhere near the same, albeit Liverpool did have to lift the title in front of an empty stadium. Yeah, I mean, that, the first thing that struck me last season when Liverpool started against Norwich, I think it took all of about three seconds before the, the fans started singing, we are the champions of Europe. Um, and it was uh, it was quite, quite an atmosphere that night on the Friday nights. Fans had obviously been looking forward to it for about two or three months, um, and it's just not going to be quite the same, is it? I mean, particularly when you think of of how much of an atmosphere would have been generated for this game. Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United coming to Anfield, first game against Leeds in the Premier League for 16 years. Uh, And unfortunately, 54,000 are not going to be inside Anfield, so it's a a shame, and uh, we can say hopefully it doesn't go on too much longer, but it's looking like it's going to go on a little bit longer than, than we originally anticipated with as we say, the 12,000 fans, which was the plan, probably subject to a huge review now, isn't it? And um, I can say it's something that Jan Klopp said today, and, and he hopes that it doesn't go on too much longer, but, you know, such is the way we're living in at the moment. Yeah, we'll get into Jurgen Klopp's press conference and, as I say, look ahead to the game itself and, and the season generally. But, uh, Doily, Jurgen Klopp did seem to be in really good form today. And I, I don't know whether that was him trying to lift what seems to be a bit of doom and gloom around Liverpool fans ahead of the new season or whether he gen- genuinely was so excited for the start of the new season. I know it's been, it's been a really difficult summer for many Liverpool fans with them only having won the league. It's, it's, it's been a terrible, terrible time for them. And the, the fact that they could now, I've just been slightly facetious there. I mean, we, we know we'll, we'll come on to it. In a bit about transfers. Do we want to do it now or do you want to do it later? Can we do it now? Do it now. All right, <laughs> transfers. Well, we know uh, there are certain areas of the field, or certainly in the team, that Liverpool perhaps need a little bit of strengthening. I mean, they, they've sorted left back, but 
they're now going to hold at centre back, and have they got enough up front if, in case anybody gets injured? I mean, it's it, it's more pressing the fact that they're going to play so many games in such a short period of time. I mean, the, the, the fact is the, the season's basically finishing round about when it would have done normally, yet starting about three weeks later. So there's three weeks straight off. I mean, there'll only be eight teams left in the League Cup by the end of September. So it, it is very odd in that sense that just game after game, and given the fact that the international breaks, they're now playing three games in those, the international teams. And most of Liverpool's players are internationals. It's going to cause, cause uh, you know, not just Liverpool, but every, every team, there's going to be, you know, there have to be rotating players. There'll be players injured. There'll be players absent who wouldn't normally be. You'll see lineups that you wouldn't normally have seen, but that's just going to be the way for this season. So for Liverpool to not have strengthened, and we know the reasons why not, it is a slight concern. However, there's still another month to go before the uh, the uh, transfer window closes. We could see an awful lot happen in that time. You know, the, the uncertainty, as Gorsty said, about the fans coming back in, we might know a bit more. And clubs will be able to kind of, you know, work to a certain budget and we know how much finance they've got coming in. So they, all these things kind of, like, still uncertain. And I think for Liverpool, the good point is that they happen to have the best team in the and the best team in the Premier League at the moment and a squad obviously capable enough of getting 90-odd points for two seasons running. So even if they don't sign anybody, it's still, they're still going to be up there. It's just that, there will be those fans who believe that now that they're in such a position of strength on the pitch that it's a bit unfortunate that off it matters out of their hands mean that they're not as strong as they would otherwise would have been. And I suppose the phrase you could use, Gorsty, is anxiety or excitement, whether it be for the upcoming season or even the transfer window that Liverpool have so far had the anxiety. Maybe the centre of defence hasn't been strengthened and the potential excitement fans want to see with players may be coming through the door. But I suppose one caveat is Manchester City haven't really strengthened as much as they may have threatened to do so. And it's only really Chelsea who have obviously spent an awful lot of money in strengthening their side. But Frank Lampard downplaying whether there'll be title challenges this season. Very much so, yeah. I mean, I think loads of loads of Liverpool fans are a little bit disgruntled at the fact that they seem to be the only ones who aren't spending at the moment. But if we look at it, United keep getting linked with Jane Sancho, but the fact is the he's not a, a Manchester United player because they're refusing to pay what Dortmund are asking. Um, City and another one, you know, I think City spent more last summer than they've only brought in Ake and, and Ferran Torres. And for a squad that finished 18 points behind Liverpool, um, you might have thought that they'd have, have pushed on a little bit more. And as you say, there's only Chelsea because they have had a transfer ban, so they've had the, that kind of revenue that they'd normally reserve for, for last season has been stored up. So they've been you know able to do that. And let's face it, they've never been shy of spending a bob a few anyway after with, with their owner for the last 15 years or so. So I don't think it's I, I do think coronavirus and the you know the whole pandemic has had a big impact on, on pretty much every club. It's just that certain clubs thinking that they're gonna to have to roll the dice more than Liverpool because Liverpool are settled, they've got a top class squad, world class team. Um as Dodie says, 97 points in 99. Champions League winners, Premier League winners. So they're not really in a position where they have to go and panic and put themselves under any undue financial pressure just to kind of satisfy the demands of a, of a few owners on social media. Um, do Liverpool need to strengthen in certain areas? Yes. They need another centre-back, absolutely convinced of that. Another uh, forward capable of playing in a few few positions would be preferable as well. But generally, they're, they're very settled and... and sorted and you know there's not a whole lot to grumble about 
And I suppose that's one of the things, really, that you you look at it and you see how Liverpool have performed over the last two seasons, Dolly, and maybe the anxiety in the fan base, the concerns heading into the new season is whether Liverpool can do it again. But to be honest, the last sort of two, three seasons in which Man City and Liverpool have posted so many points, logic tells you that generally you hit 90 points and you're more than likely going to win a league title, let alone having to hit sort of those mid to high 90s. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance Liverpool are getting 90-odd points this year. No chance. It's never happened before in in English football history that someone's done that for three seasons in a row. And I wrote something uh, yesterday about there's only one team retained the Premier League title in the last 11 years, which was Man City. And they needed to get 98 points to do it. That shows you how hard it actually is. I mean, four of the champions, you look at Chelsea twice, Leicester and United, that three of them sat their managers the following season and, and they all fell out of the top four. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Liverpool. I think the point there is that Liverpool, because they won by so much, they do have that kind of, they can have a drop-off because you're asking the likes of, not so much City, because we know that they can do better than they did last year, but you're asking United and Chelsea to make massive strides to get above Liverpool. And and, and if you're talking about going outside the top four, then, then you're looking at Tottenham and Arsenal and you know Wolves and teams like that too. So... For fans to say, like, oh, it's going to be a struggle to get into the top four, it's going to be a struggle all season for all of them. That's what it's going to be. This is this will be the you know, the, the season of attrition, if you want. That's what's going to happen. And one thing that I think is going to be interesting is when Klopp names his team for the Leeds game on Saturday, people sit down and go, where's X, Y, and Z and A and B? And suddenly it's like, oh, Liverpool have got loads of players. It's just that most of them, you know, he looks at me, you look at Marco Grewich and Harry Wilson and people like that. Rian Brewster, they've just not been playing for Liverpool. They've been playing elsewhere. They're, they are Liverpool players, and that's why you know, Klopp said in his press conference, which I'm sure you mentioned in a bit, where he was asked about Brewster, that he said, look, we've still got another few weeks to go. We don't have to make a decision yet on all of these players. We'll just see what happens by the time October the 5th. And even then, October the 16th is the date for the domestic, any domestic loans, I think it is. So there's plenty of time. and there's, Liverpool have probably played about 37 games by then. So, you know, we, we, we can see what happens, but I don't think Liverpool are in as are Liverpool in as bad a position as in terms of the squad as some fans are saying, not even close. But could they be in a better position as Gorsi said? And the answer is yeah. Yeah, squad sort of I suppose squad building, squad profiling really did come into today's press conference, Gorsi. We best sort of crack on and address that really that Jurgen Klopp if he did have a bee in his bonnet it was about how the five substitutions rule in the 20-man squad hasn't been carried over from Project Restart into the new season and he he was trying to make the point that this wasn't something he was pushing for in terms of an unfair advantage a big squad having better players it was more making sure that players aren't picking up these muscle injuries and going into as they call it the red zone. Yeah, he, um, he made a similar point after the Community Shield. Um, he's obviously something that he, he firmly believes in to the point where he's, he's been unequivocal about it, hasn't he? You know, a couple of times now he, he was of the belief that squads should be 20 players with five subs this, this season. Um, and you can see his point. Um, the, you know, Liverpool are still playing 38 games this season and, this, and the season ends five weeks. Um, it, it starts at, what is it, a month later and I think it ends about a week. Five days, I think it is earlier than, than what last season was initially scheduled to end. So it's uh, it's it's very condensed this season, um, and he's always kind of beating the drum for the health of players and the welfare of players. And he feels that if um, the the top players are injured, then it, it, it harms the spectacle, which is true. And obviously, with Liverpool having so many top players, then that 
inevitably affects them, much like it will affect Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, any team with, with top players. You know, you don't want to see Kevin Bruyne, for example, out for nine months, do you? Because he's such a wonderful player and, and you want to see these players playing every week. So I can see where Klopp's coming from, but inevitably there will be people who don't follow Liverpool who will be saying that he just wants to get an advantage for his Liverpool team and whatever. But if you listen to Liverpool fans, they'll tell you that they haven't got the biggest and the most expansive squad. Um, so it, it's more just about helping the you know the superstars and making sure that um, fans are getting to watch the, the game with the best players. Um, so I can see his point. Um, but look, it, it's it's being made and Liverpool are going to have to deal with it, aren't they? Yeah, what do you make of it, Doily? Do you see where Jurgen Klopp's coming from or do you think it, it may be unfair on the rest of the Premier League clubs? I can see where he's coming from. And I don't think it's a matter of being unfair on the other Premier League teams. I just think... I just don't think they should do it anyway. I think five five subs is too many. Just disrupts the game. Certainly in the second half, it's it's harder for the teams to get to any kind of rhythm. It was all very well during the last game of last season because you know clubs were set in the you know the teams. They knew what the lineups were. They knew where they were in the table. But everybody's starting from scratch again now. So I'm I'm glad you know I'm yeah I'm glad they're not doing it to be honest because I also think that. Yeah, I mean, it is a slight disadvantage to the teams that don't have big enough squads. But as I said before, we're just going to have like lineups now where you'll see players playing who wouldn't normally play. And I wonder whether that is going to come into the thinking of Klopp when he decides which players he wants to keep and not take out on loan. Because let's just say, for example, I mentioned Marco Gruwich. He's played two years at the, the Berlin in the Bundesliga as a defensive midfielder. And you know, if Liverpool get 15 games out of him this season, then... Why wouldn't you want to keep him? He might not want to stay. That's something completely different. But it's whether you could say the same for Harry Wilson. Somebody's played, you know, a season in the championship season in the Premier League with Bournemouth. Could he do something? I'm sure if if these players aren't moved on, whether they're a loan or, or a transfer, then I reckon they'll be playing games because they'll have to, because there's no way that not just Liverpool, but all of the squads are exactly the same. They're going to have to rotate the players because we saw, okay, example, Man United after the the restart where Solskjaer just kept the same team, more or less. And by the time they got to the Europa League quarterfinals and semifinals, they could have run, you know, and that's that was only like a month. Try, try doing like nine months of that. So it's going to be very, very interesting. And, you know, I can, as I say, I can see where Klopp's coming from, from the, with the substitutions, but... From, from, also from the point of we're covering these games and they make too many subs and it's hard to keep up with them. So I'm, I'm glad it's down to three. Yeah, I bet you're glad that they're not going to be having that half-time break within each half as well. The the basketball Yeah, I was, there was, I was never a fan of that. Never a fan of that. Also, if they're doing it this season, in the winter, they'll have to be giving them cups of tea and coffee. Not, Bring not on the hand warmers. Drinks. Yeah, exactly. Get it sorted. Yeah, certainly. Uh, of course, the Doyle mentioned Marco Gruic there, and I just wonder, we've already spoke a bit about the, the centre-half situation, and if Fabinho maybe is going to be used as a, a fourth-choice option there, I suppose the biggest winner in that position would be Marco Gruic maybe being able to play in that sixth role. And alternatively, another player to, to have a chat about was Rian Brewster, who was also brought up in the press conference. If we're not going to see bigger squads, maybe that sort of highlights the opportunity for him, maybe more so, to go back out on loan again. Yeah, 32. I actually asked Jürgen Klopp about Fabinho playing at centre-back earlier today in, his, in the embargo section. Um, and he, he basically said they're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to think of creative solutions to an issue where they've only got three centre-backs. So I think it will be a case of seeing Fabinho there now and again if there are injuries to Matip or Gomez, who, let's face it, have had their 
first year of injury problems, matchup in particular. Um, I wouldn't like to see it myself. I think it takes so much away from Fabinho as a defensive midfielder. But uh, it could open the door for Marco Grubic, couldn't it? Because there's no one really else in that squad who's uh, a natural defensive midfielder. Um, so maybe th- this could finally be Grubic's breakthrough year. I mean, he was Jürgen Klopp's first ever sign and wasn't he in January 2016. So if Liverpool don't get the offer for him because he is in the shot window, if that doesn't arrive, then you know, he, he will he will feature. I can see him turn out in the League Cup and the FA Cup and so on. So could be a, a decent opportunity for him. Um, and the same with Brewster. I mean, I, I'm surprised to hear earlier this week that Liverpool are actually still kind of, it's on the table that he could be sold um, because I know how highly he is rated behind the scenes and Jürgen Klopp's always talking about how much of a, you know, a great young talent he is. So I'd, I'd be... Um, it's, it'd be a shame to see him leave permanently. I, I was hoping to see him go on loan to a Premier League club and kind of, you know, establish himself um, and just get to see a little bit more of, of, of what he's about away from the the glare and the, the spotlight that comes with being Liverpool striker. Um, so we'll be interested to see what happens with him. But there's, it's an interesting one because Liverpool don't have too many strikers, do they? Um, they've got Origi, Roberto Firmino. Um, He's kind of just become a striker across the course of his career at Liverpool. And then Minamino, who's not a striker by any stretch, he's kind of just like a bit of a versatile frontman who floats. So um, Liverpool are a little bit short in that area as well. Yeah, it does seem that way. Doyle, what's your take on the, the Brewster situation? No, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I'd, you know, we've seen him play for you know the last three, four years, seen him come through the ranks. He had the 12 to 18 months you know, away when he was injured, you know, that, that has set him back, that did set him back rather quite a bit. I think he is a he is a decent player, but I wonder whether or not he's actually the kind of player who can fit into the way that Liverpool want to play under Jurgen Klopp. You know, can he be like, you know, we can see the way that they play. Can he be someone like a Firmino, someone like a Minimin? He's not, he's completely different. And that's his, you know, that's his main attributes. But does that mean that he's going to be playing for Liverpool often? I don't know. I mean, you've seen what happened with, with Origi. I mean, he kind of, remodeled himself to play on the left wing, you know, and that's kind of been a partial success. But Origi's always better when he goes through the middle. But he's never going to get that many chances because there's now Firmino and a Minamino ahead of him. And and it sometimes there's Salah as well when they play 4-2-3-1. So and Brewster isn't really, you know, renowned for for playing out wide. He's more, you know, in between the, you know, in the area, you know, 18-yard box, get in the straight down the centre, get the goals, which is how he scored the two goals against um against uh, Salzburg. The other week, but I was surprised to see that he's up for sale. But if Liverpool get twenty million for him and a buyback option, given the fact he's played how many games for Liverpool? About four, if that. You know, and he's had half a season in the Championship. That would be a good deal. But I think the you know the buyback clause would be something they look to put in just in case becomes he becomes a you know a massive success wherever he goes if he goes. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's move on then to, I think, you're, probably your favourite topic, Doily, and that is, we'll, we'll do them together. Thiago Alcantara and Jeannie Wijnaldum. Jurgen Klopp asked about both of those in yeah. the press conference and uncharacteristically was keeping his cards close to his chest. Yeah, he may as well have just said something like, yeah, Thiago, yeah, he's Spanish. You know, he, may well have, he may as well have just said that, might he? You know, it was in, and what's interested me is that, I, I mean, let's be brutally honest here there's a chance that he could end up at Liverpool because he's a very good player and Liverpool would be interested in very good players, but quite a lot of things would have to happen to that. 
to get to that point. But that's why Jurgen Klopp has never once come out and just said, now we're not interested. He's never said it. And to be fair, he never really says it anyway about any players, even when he gets asked. So it's up to us to read between the lines. And you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me about Juan Alderman. Mean, there was some picture from training yesterday where he's got a big cheesy grin on his face and the likes of Henderson and Robertson are jumping up and down and people are saying, oh, he's clearly just told him that he signed a new deal. And of course, well, Klopp got asked about that today and went, well, no. There's nothing there. We're quite happy with the way things are. So it's like you could read into it one or two ways. That's basically just kind of, you know, about four hours before the game tomorrow, Liverpool might just go, yeah, he signed his new contract. And then there's like a, a feel-good factor going into the first game. Or it's the fact that Klopp's quite happy, as he's shown with Emre Chan, that, okay, yeah, you, you, you don't have to sign this contract. We're just keeping you unless we get a ridiculous bid. So either way, Liverpool win. They either get a load of money or they just keep a, a very good player who would cost a lot of money to bring in, even if they only had it for one year. So, you know, he's their player. He knows how to play. When Alder was, we'll get to the teams later on. I've got him starting. I would imagine nearly every Liverpool fan will have him starting against Leeds. So it's it's not, you know, it shouldn't be any problem for Liverpool. But yeah, Thiago, I would, yeah. I've actually got to, got to be mindful of what I'm saying here because people sometimes take the words, don't they? And just, you know, so we shall just, you know, let's just see what happens before the transfer window because it could go one or two ways. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp. He said today, didn't he? If he could, if he could invent a way to end speculation, he could be a very rich man. I think it's the the polar opposite. Yeah, he could have just said no, couldn't he? Yeah, he could have just said no. We're not interested in. So he's like, he's 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 quite clever. He's just he's he's playing along with it. Yeah, I do find the Vinaldum Thiago thing quite strange, Gorsty, and how. It, it does all sort of seem to be linked. And if Vijnaldum signs a new deal, Jurgen Klopp saying that he speaks to him, he spoke to him a lot. He's his player. He is going to speak to him a lot of the time. If Vijnaldum signs a new contract and the Thiago rumours then subside and, and go away, you do feel that there's a section of the fan base who'd be rather disappointed with that. Yet, Genie Vijnaldum scored two goals on Anfield's arguably greatest ever night and played all but, what, one game last season as Liverpool were Premier League champions is, and is such a crucial part of this team. Yeah, it's been weird to watch watch it kind of unfold where Wayne Alden has sort of become public enemy number one now in the eyes of some Liverpool fans, which is just ridiculous. It's almost like that dislike of Jordan Henderson for so many years has been transferred onto Wayne Alden and maybe Liverpool fans always need someone to, to have a dig at him now that Day and Lovren's left. Um, but I'd be wary of kind of saying that it is the pervading mood among the fans because quite often it's on social media where... Um, Certain people saying it are probably 12, 13, and we don't know because you know, there's no age verification on Twitter, which I've, I've, I've lobbied for for some time now to stop myself arguing with people who are like 10 years of age. Um, it's, I mean, Junior and Allen played 37 times last season. Um, he played more than any other Liverpool midfielder, um, more minutes, more than, than any other midfielder, I think, in the Premier League. So if you're doubting his importance to this all-conquering Liverpool side, then, as Klopp says, I don't know what to say to you because it's um, he's just such an important vital cog in that midfield, isn't he? And I think maybe a, a, an issue of it is stemmed from the fact that he's asked to do that that role in midfield because you see him at, at, when he plays for Holland, he's, he's encouraged to attack a bit more and he gets himself in the box and gets himself on the score sheet a lot more. And he's probably happier doing that because it's a bit more of a glamorous role, isn't it? Whereas in the midfield, it's a bit of a thankless task and all the praise comes from the full-backs and the, and the front three. So maybe that, that's something that he's thinking of. I'm not sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't commit to ever writing something like that. But it's a, a tool of thought, at least. 
No, let's let's move on then to the actual football and get into the discussion ahead of the game that will be taking place at Anfield on, on Saturday evening. Leeds United coming to Anfield for the first time in 16 years, as Gorsty said, Doyle, and without wanting to be one of those, good to have them back in the big time, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think they've they've served their penance for being Leeds in the lower leagues. I mean, <laughs> after after what happens to them, I think people forget. You know, they massively overspent it. They're an example of what happens when you chase the dream, and you know, it's the old Icarus thing. They flew too close to the sun, and what happened? All the other wings fell off, and then they were in League One a couple of years later. So, you know, it's been a long. Anyone who's been to Leeds, anyone who's been to Ellen Road knows it's a great stadium to go to. You know, it's not the newest, the most modern, but the atmosphere is always great, and Leeds always take. A great following wherever they go. So while Liverpool will miss their fans and field on Saturday, I think Leeds will miss theirs as well. So I'm, you know, I wouldn't say cancel each other out, but they're both both teams are going to be missing a large, a, a certain part of how they play the game. And I do wonder actually whether or not Leeds got probed in the end because their fans weren't there. Because they've had a, they've had a few years, haven't they, where they've got close and then things got a little bit tetchy and the fans were getting you know, understandably nervous. And then with them not being there, the players didn't have to cope with that, and and yeah, you know, they got the job done in the end quite easily. So, yeah, Leeds. I think the other thing as well with with Bielsa, they've, they've had they had a world class manager managing the championship, and now he's where his talent kind of suggests he should be. I don't think they'll have any problem staying up. I think they'll probably this game's come possibly a little bit too early for them in terms of actually creating an upset, but I'd imagine three or four months down the line, and you you know you're United playing against Leeds or or somebody like Chelsea or even Liverpool, it'll be a lot harder. And if they've got their best players fit and the ones that they've signed who are, who are fairly decent, actually, certainly Rodrigo plays up front. If he settles, then they've got themselves a very good striker there. And they've got you know, one or two other other decent players you've seen. You know, I forgot his name, isn't it? Calvin Phillips, that's it. Yeah. No, Cal- yeah, yeah, Calvin Phillips, he, he played for played for England. So they must be doing something right. They got promoted. And I think that they'll... How can I put this? They're more of a Premier League team than some of the teams that have been in the Premier League in recent years. Yeah, and that was a point that Jurgen Klopp made himself, Gorsty, in the press conference. He was full of admiration for Marcelo Bielsa. I'm sure plenty of Premier League managers will be, but he did also say he actually thinks, not maybe quite in the same manner Sheffield United did it, but actually being in the Premier League will suit Leeds more than what being in the Championship did. Yeah, he he said that in in the press conference, didn't he? And he said that on a... On an interview he gave to Sky, which I think is, is on, on the telly tonight at six o'clock. So he's clearly watched them and, and got a lot of respect for, for how they operate with their similar types of press and style and um, obviously not to the same same standard as Liverpool in terms of playing staff. But it's going to be a really interesting one. I mean, I can't wait to see Klopp coming up against Bielsa on the touchline. I mean, if you think back to Liverpool's last game at Anfield against Chelsea when there was that flashpoint with Lampard, and can you imagine that with Bielsa on, on Saturday? I think that would just be... Know, incredible to see, and, and it's it's a shame that fans aren't going to be there to witness, you know, two um, combative and, and combustible managers on the sidelines against each other. Um, different types of characters, but similar kind of determination to win. And, and uh, I think Bielsa is going to be fascinating in the Premier League, really, because he's not someone who's who's got a massive honours list, but he's he's a manager who is revered across football and Pep Guardiola absolutely loves him and, and I think he's going to be great to watch this season. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him sat on his, his blue bucket. I'm sure that will be making the visit to Anfield. But 
Doily, just on the game and the, the spectacle of what we'll see, wanted to ask you on this because I know you wrote the piece after the Community Shield against Arsenal and it feels as though, yes, it's Klopp v Bielsa and that's going to get a big billing, but Leeds United v Liverpool and the atmosphere that Anfield would have generated. Of course, he's already referred to the game against Norwich last season, the opening day. It does feel as though Liverpool might miss that, miss the supporters and all that the atmosphere of these kind of games brings with it. Well, that's it. I mean, also the fact that the there's been such a short gap in between the two seasons. So Liverpool have already played a Community Shield match. It'll just feel like another game for them. They'll won't realise that it's it won't feel like as though it's anything in particular different to what they've had already. And that's the, that's the problem, I suppose, not just for Liverpool but for but for every team. They'll just you know the, you know the whole build up to the the start of the season. It's just not there for them. No, it is. And I suppose we will just have to, to wait and see how it does play out. So let's, before we get into our team selections and wrap up for our pre-season uh, edition of the Blood Red podcast before the first game of the season, have a chat through some of what we might think may happen through the course of the season. We have a video coming up on the YouTube channel. Have we, have we lost Guy there? I think we have, haven't we? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Looks I, actually... think, I think, exactly. I, I think his broadband is, isn't working. So I, I shall very briefly fit into my old role as presenter then. Uh, he was going to ask for some predictions. So, what do you think? Who do you? Where do you think Liverpool are going to finish? They'll finish first. They'll finish second. Who's oh. the other first, the other team then that you think are going to be finishing in the top two? Is it City? Yeah, I mean, I think now the, the, for years there's, it's been, there's been that top six, hasn't it? And I think last season kind of shook that up massively with the emergence of Luther and, and Wolves and, and even Sheffield United to an extent. Um, but I think now I think it might kind of become a, almost like a top four for a couple of years now with United and. And, uh, and Chelsea, and, uh, I think Arsenal are still somewhere away. I mean, they've got Pierre and Aubameyang, of course, but other than that, there's not a whole lot to get excited about in that Arsenal squad. Um, so I think they'll they'll be lagging behind. Um, not having Tottenham? No, they've been another one still in transition, happy with Mourinho. So um, if they don't finish first, they'll finish second. Yeah, it's an interesting shout. I mean, are there any teams that you believe that, you know, you look at Leeds, anybody else that you think that could... Surprise a few. I mean, you know, across the park, Everton have brought off quite a few decent players in the last week. Um, I think Newcastle have done some really sensible business, actually. Um, Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, um, was the, the, someone else who they bought recently. Seemed to uh, be a, a, a sound like a good buy. I can't think of it. Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis, of course it is, yeah. Um, which is is good business for Newcastle. And Steve Bruce, for all the stick he, he got and gets, I think I think he's a decent man, isn't he? I mean, um, he always seems to, to do fit fairly well against Liverpool up and down the years. So I think they could be a little bit kind of advanced on what they were last season. Um, but I, I think Leeds will do well, to be honest. I mean, I know they almost the annual struggle of to kind of get shattered by the by a certain point in the season because of how much work they put in. But um, I, th- I think I think they'll they'll be a bit of a surprise, and don't expect them to be near the relegation zone. I think it could be a tough season for Aston Villa again, especially if they lose Jack Grealish. Um, and maybe Southampton this season seems to be settled on the under Hassan Hootle and they've got Danny Ings firing. So um, I think probably more than more than has been for a good few years. It's going to be a really competitive season. Yeah, I think I think possibly the middle, you know, the middle teams, that middle group, you look at Everton, you look at, if you have to say Wolves, Southampton I think will be a lot better than people think or have, have been expected. And, and Leeds, again, as I've mentioned, they're, they're going to be not so much up there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish top half. I, I do worry about the other promoted teams, though. You look at West Brom can't score. 
and Fulham, I'm not entirely sure who they're supposed to be buying. They, they keep on buying, you know, Anthony Knockout's going to be playing. I know they're on board teams there already, but they'll be playing in the in the Premier League again. And he's he's been in a few times and he never really lasts more than about three or four months. So if they're putting their hopes on him, might be a little bit of a struggle. I mean, Guy's obviously back now. So, I mean, you've seen Leeds quite a lot on your, you know, your Preston and Wigan duties in, in other employment. So what have you made of Leeds last year? Yeah, no, I think Leeds United, for me, I think the, the three coming up would probably be the strongest of the group. I think if, if the season wasn't as condensed as what it is and you had a week between fixtures, I think the rest would be key for them. I, I think Jurgen Klopp's probably hit the nail on the head. They probably were a Premier League team playing in the Championship. But as you say, Fulham, it does seem to be a weird one. Aston Villa seem to be now going on a, a spending splurge, but we'll have to sort of obviously wait and wait and see. Obviously, Aston Villa did stay up last season, so we're already in the Premier League. But uh, no, I do think Leeds, probably of the three coming up, would be safest to stay in the uh, division. I take it you guys have spoken about title winning contenders, have you? Are Liverpool going Yes, to... we've done that. We've done yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's actually... Uh, well, actually, I've, I've not... Uh... Gorsty said he thinks they'll finish first. I actually think they'll finish second. I think City, I think the lack of fans is going to work against Liverpool. Work not so much in City's favour, but they'll be affected by it a lot less because of the way they play. And you saw that a little bit towards the end of last season. I know Liverpool had the foot off the off the pedal a bit. And they need to get back into that rhythm because, you know, okay, I, I saw some people saying, oh, they've been terrible since January. So hang on, they got 99 points. They can't have been that bad. There's only ever been one team in history that's had more. And I think people forget that because Liverpool set such massive for a there's going to be some. If it ends up being they won the league last season, then that's even you know that'll be great for them because then they can just go again this time round. And we'll only know that once they start playing the games. And you know, for for all of the the, the worries about the condensed program that we've all been saying and the season being you know squashed, is the fact that. Once they get over the, the first couple of um, international uh, breaks, just game after game after game, and what better way to get your rhythm than actually to be playing games? Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. What What about then top scorers? Who do we think the Premier League golden boot winner may be? Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane always seem to be in the conversation. Are either of them going to take it home, Gorsty? I think it might be um, your man, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Actually, I think he's all the kind of... He's the Arsenal talisman now, undoubtedly, isn't he? And he's had a well, he's, he's been right up there for the last couple of seasons. Obviously, shared it with Salah and Mane the, the season before that. Um, and I think with that new contract, it'll you know, he'll have his tail up and spring in his step. And I think he'll come out the box, uh, or the blocks rather flying. So, um, I'd, I'd, I'd go with him, but you know, I think Jamie Vardy will probably be up there again if Harry Kane can kind of get himself fit. He hasn't really. It doesn't really look fit at the moment, but if he can, then he's obviously going to be uh, you know, up there, as will Salah and Manny, as you say, but um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for me, I think. Yeah, I did have Harry Kane actually very quickly in my, my fancy football team, and then after watching the internationals, thought, no, he's he's nowhere near ready just yet. <laughs> can't run, he can't run. No, he, doesn't, he does not look ready. You're going to love him, Adam. You're going to love him. I'm going to pick for a, for a leading scorer after I banned him from our pods earlier this year and that's Timo Werner I think he'll I think he'll beat the uh, I think Chelsea will score loads of goals I also think they'll concede loads of goals so I don't think they're going to be winning the league I think they'll finish third actually they'll be you know the next best after City and Liverpool but yeah I think Werner if he if he uh, if he ends if, if he gets his games which there's no reason to suggest that he won't given the fact they spent 50 million on him 
and he stays fit, at goal scorers, goal scorers, they'll just score wherever, and I think he'll just get loads for them. Yeah, they're definitely the tips to, to steer clear then. Certainly the ones that Ian Doyle comes out with. But let's <laughs> let's get on to our team prediction and, and team lineups if my <laughs> yeah, if my internet wants to hold up, but we'll uh, we'll look then to Liverpool's first You've selection. Only got five minutes, come on, he can do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first selection of the uh, the new season. And I take it all three of us are saying that the man between the sticks will be Alison Becker. <clears throat> yeah, I think um in terms of Liverpool team selection this season, there's going to be the usual midfield debate, and then it's a case of who plays centre back alongside Van Dijk, doesn't it? Uh, so Allison and goal, back four, Trent, Robertson, Van Dijk, and then for me, I'm going to go with Gomez tomorrow. Do you concur I with that, Doily? Completely. Do you think? Do you think going forward though yeah, that it will be the? That. Do you think going forward that will be the selection Gomez next to Van Dijk, or do we think Matip might actually be because he did start last season as? the man in possession of the jersey? I just think they'll be rotated. As I said before, they'll be, you know, your left-backs will get rotated, Robertson with the the new lad who uh, clops in to forget who his name was. Uh, their press conference when uh, David Lynch on the standard asked it, Simicast, he said, who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you called him. What did he say? Yeah, you called him that because that's his name. I don't know about that I think it's happened with me when I've asked about Shakiri when You're Shakiri, yeah. That was But, yeah, he was talking about Kostas Shimakas. Yeah, and uh, and Nico Williams up uh, up against Trent. I mean, obviously, Trent's far and away the first choice, but that Nico's shown that he can come in and play a few games when he's, when he's required, such as, uh, you know, in the... In the community shield the other week, so yeah, I think there will be rotation, but that back four on the goalkeeper. I mean, it's interesting to me actually. Who's going to be on? The, obviously, Adrian will be the reserve goalkeeper, but if Carrius doesn't get sold or doesn't leave on loan, I reckon he'll be challenging for that second place before too long. Because well, he obviously he's got his critics. Carrius was the first choice goalkeeper for, for Liverpool in the in the Champions League final, and I'm not sure whether Adrian. Would ever be there? I know he played in the Super Cup, but that's because you know Liverpool didn't have many any other option at the time. So I'd just be interested to see what happens. I mean, there's obviously the reality is Carries hasn't really got a, a long term future at Liverpool, but it, just long term, short term in terms of substitutions, I'd just be interested to see who makes the bench. Yeah, will be an interesting one. What about the the midfield lineup then for the game? Jordan Henderson doesn't seem as though he'll be fit. Does Milner start against Leeds United, or will it be Naby Keita? Gorsty, you can kick us off on this one. Yeah. I, 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 I've gone for Milner. I don't think Henderson will be risked in what Klopp said today. Fabinho and, and Wijnaldum, and, and that'll be the, the, the three for me. I mean, you can't make a case for Cater, particularly against the, the team who aren't expected to be one of the you know the heavyweights this season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Milner. I think he, he'll just have a little bit of a, a little bit of a point to prove and, and a spring in the step when he's playing against his boy or club. He did go for yeah, Milner in Milner the community shield, yeah. didn't he as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Miller will be desperate to play, which is why I'm putting him on the bench. Uh, and so I'm going to have Fabinho and Juan Aldum. And I'm going to go with Keita because, you know, I was surprised he didn't play against Arsenal. I was very surprised he didn't play. And, and when he came on, I know there were all those substitutions that changed things, but he made a difference. And I, I just can't see how he doesn't start. No, and Leeds do play a very intense brand as well. And without that being a buzzword, it is very, very fast in that midfield. And I suppose Milner, if one thing Naby Keita has over him, it is that mobility and ability to close Harry and get around the, the pitch a bit more. And then to round us off then, front three is the front three, is it? Or is Minamino getting into this team? No, it's it's the usual lads for me. Um, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino. 
Prefer put Liverpool in good stead, haven't they, for well, three years now? So no reason to change that. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit harsh on Benamino because I think he's been doing really well. Um, but could he be the first sub? I mean, you're looking at if they got next after that Chelsea and then the League Cup game and then Arsenal. He'll start one of those games, at least possibly two, but not the game on Saturday. Well, we'll have to wait and see how it does play out. Do make sure that you join us for Monday's edition of the Blood Red podcast. Of course, over the course of the weekend, we'll have the post-match press conferences on the Blood Red YouTube channel, as well as the debrief immediately after the game, as well as wherever you get your audio on demand, the post-game podcast will return in full for the new season. But from myself, Guy Clark, Paul Gorst and Ian Doyle, keep an eye out for everything over the echo across the course of the weekend. Thanks for your time and your company. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.